I have always wanted one animal as a pet. Ever since um, I saw the beautiful artistic masterpiece that is Disney's 1995 Pocahontas, I always wanted a pet raccoon. Always wanted a pet raccoon. Um, and then I did the research, and they're actually horribly mean. Horribly mean. Like, there's so many websites that you can literally look and be like, hey, is this a good pet? And uh, they're horrible pets. It's like once they turn six months, they just start biting people. Like, regardless, and if you train them, horrible, horrible pets. Um, but in order, for, instead of me having it as a pet, what I uh, have as a replacement is uh, where Lydia and I live, we take uh, our trash like down this hill into this dumpster, and there I have my pet raccoon, in quotes, my pet raccoon um, that I see probably like two to three times a week. Um, so, you know, raccoons are always nighttime animals, and so like especially on a Wednesday night, I always drive down the hill and I just, I see them right there. Uh, it's gotten to the point where Lydia and I have even named him. His name is Mr. Chungus, or Big Chungus, or Little Chungus. We kind of just go in between the, those names, but his name's Chungus. And, uh, but it's always one of my favorite things to drive home. There's Mr. Chungus, and I just drive off. I kind of wave, flash the lights at him, and that's it. Um, I, he respects my boundaries. I respect his boundaries. Um, but here is what happened. Yesterday, uh, something happened, and I have a video of it. This was literally last night. Taking my trash out. Mr. Chungus, right there. Look at him. Look at him. Ah! Trash panda. So, here's, here's the thing. So, that video was after I had already called my wife and been like, what do I do? Um, she didn't answer. She was like, hey, it's raining. You, I, you won't be able to hear it. Sorry. And I'm like, okay, so you call me when the spiders are in the tub, but I call you when the trash pandas are in the trash can and I can't do anything. But besides that, though, I'm literally, I'm standing there, I open the door, and then there he is. So then I take a step back, and eventually what happens is he hops out of the thing, throw the trash away, run inside, lock the door. You're all good. <laughs> So, and I'm honestly, I'm genuinely expecting to see Mr. Chungus when I get home. But Chungus and I's relationship is cool. He's not my pet, but he is like um, not really a neighbor. He's more than a neighbor. He's like a, I don't know. I don't know how really to call it because, again, like I respect his boundaries. He respects mine. He has his space. I have my space. I'll we'll wave. And that's it. That's my relationship with Mr. Chungus. But we start there tonight because uh, there is a wide variety of relationships when it comes to this, but I think, sadly, there are a lot of students in here where your relationship with your parents is like my relationship with Chungus. It, it's, you wouldn't say it's bad, but you're like, you're in, like, and again, there's a wide variety of age groups, but there's this, a lot of students in here tonight where you're like, man, you're cool, but I really like you staying over there. I like me staying over here. You don't like get inside my little bubble and ask me all these things and we're good. I'm not gonna bother you. Please don't bother me. Let me do me, you do you, and we'll be fine. We'll be fine. I'll, I'll wave, it's, it's friendly, but it's not like the, the most joyful thing in your world. Now, time out. If you have a relationship with your parent right now, that you would say, like, it is amazing, it is a blessing, and everything like that, like, you genuinely need to thank God for that. 
That's God's design. That was God's plan and intent. And if you have that, be so thankful for that. But I know that that's not everyone. Some of y'all are just having this relationship with your parent where you do you, I'll do me, and as long as we don't like, yell at each other, it's okay, right? So even some of us, even like, well, you'll, you'll spend even less time at home. You'll, you'll try to change your schedule. You'll try to just hide in your room because at least you're not yelling at each other because if you're yelling at each other, then that's really bad. So I'll just stay away because at least that's better than it being bad. So maybe that's your relationship with, with your parent tonight. And again, like I said, like that's not at all God's plan, but what if that's your reality tonight? What if you feel like your parent is like counting down the days until you move out? What if, what if you feel like they are making chores or they're making rules and they're enforcing rules and it's just like, wow, God, why have you sent this person to spite me? Of course, like no, you would never say it out loud because it sounds miserable, but Again, I know that there's so many students in here where you would say your relationship with your parents stresses you out. We're talking about this tonight because we're starting a series uh, that we're going to go over the next few weeks that we have titled Be Real. Okay, It's like the app. Um, and what's a really cool about the app is that at least when it launched is it was supposed to almost inspire like authenticity. Like, hey, like you, you can't fake this, and if you do fake it, then we can see how many times it messes up or, or how many times you have to retake the photo. And, and of course, it's changed since then, but the whole point of this, the whole, not just of what the app is, but the whole point of this series is to just encourage you this. Being fake is really easy, but being real and being genuine is better. Being fake is easy, the world is going to tell you, be fake, fake it till you make it. Don't, don't let other people know what you're struggling with. Don't let other people know what really, like you are, your dreams and hopes and, and goals and everything. Like the world's going to tell you, be fake. But I promise you, being real, being genuine and authentic is better. And so we're going to talk about being real in a couple really key areas of your life. And tonight, we're going to start by talking about being real with your parents being real with your parents. And so every week we have a big idea. Um, if you're a parent and uh, you want something to kind of quiz your student when they come home, uh, every single week we always have one sentence that the whole message summarized in one sentence is it. So if you can remember one thing, this is the thing to memorize, okay? The big idea is this. Be real with your parents because they love you more than anyone else. Students, what do I want you to remember and take away tonight is I need you to be real with your parents because they genuinely love you more than anyone else does. So a part of this, when it comes to like the how, like what does this look like? What does it mean to be real with um, your parents? There's a ton of different examples of what this could imply, and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on the how, but more of the why. So things that you could do to be real with your parents is have a genuine conversation with them. I understand sometimes, depending on the age, depending on what's going on in life, it might be uncomfortable or it might come across as awkward or whatever it is, but you should tell your, your parents the things that stress you out. You should tell your parents your, your hopes and your dreams, the things that scare you. you guys, uh, depending on what age you are, uh, you are going to hear stuff from people. You're going to see stuff. 
You're, you're going to, uh, sadly, be introduced to things. And my friends, the kindest thing I can tell you is if there's anything that you're curious about, anything that you're just like, what is this? Your parents are there to be kind of this beautiful gatekeeper and to teach you and instruct you and lovingly tell you, hey, let me tell you about this. So if there's ever anything that's like, I don't know what this is, be real with your parents and talk to them about that. And, and be honest and, and, and go and be real with them. When if you have a struggle and you want to ask them for help, no one will love you more than your parents. They want to help you. I promise you, they want to help you. So like I said, like, those are some of the how, but we're going to spend the majority of our time tonight talking about why. Why should you be real with your parent? And so what we're going to do is we're going to see this uh, from a passage uh, of Scripture. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. So there's a bunch of Bibles out on the chairs. Um, one, uh, for the students that are new with us, I invite you to bring your Bible next week, um, mostly because uh, it's... It's God's word. It should be a really cool thing. But um, if you don't have a Bible, um, use one of the Bibles that's on the chairs. Um, if you don't have a Bible, that's your, our gift from us to you. Take that home um, and read it, memorize it, enjoy it, love it. Um, but next week, if you don't have a Bible and you just didn't bring it with you tonight, let's bring a Bible next week. Cool. Um, but we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. If you have one of the light blue Bibles, it's going to be on page 581. And if you have one of the half-white, half-blue Bibles, it's going to be on page 661. Um, but it's the first book of the New Testament, so you can go almost in half and just kind of break it up from there. But we're, we're jumping in right in the middle of uh, what's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's Jesus preaching the greatest sermon that's ever been preached. And it's long. It's like multiple chapters of the book of Matthew of Jesus just telling his followers on this huge mountaintop, hey, this is what the kingdom of God is like. It's not what you expect. This is what it looks like. So, and Jesus is saying, if you want to be my follower, this is what it looks like. And so there's all of these like groups of here's this topic, here's this topic, here's this topic. And so then in verse seven of chapter seven, this is what it says. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. I thought this was about parent stuff. Uh, why are we talking about prayer? I will be honest, like, this passage is talking about prayer. But this is the coolest thing. Jesus himself, he, he has the illustrations for us. He, he's already, he literally goes into the next verse to talk about, hey, here's prayer, Prayer is awesome. We should use it. It's a gift. We get to talk to the creator universe of uh, the creator of the universe. Like any questions, any uh, things that we we're like, God, will you do this? And so he's talking about that. But then God gives us the why. He gives us an illustration. In verse nine, it says, "You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not." So the illustration here is being like students, like if you were to ask your parents, hey, can I have a fruit roll-up? They're not going to tell you, hey, go eat dirt. Like they're just not going to do that. They might do it once because it's funny, but the second time that they're not, they're not going to repeatedly tell you, hey, kick rocks, you know? No, the, like the, the story, the illustration that Jesus himself is using, he's saying, hey, there's something that every single parent 
is given by God. There's this thing that you, you, we can't explain it. I mean, we might be able to logically like, understand it, but simply what Jesus is, is talking to parents about, they're saying, hey, every parent around the world in every culture loves their kids. They're, they're designed by God. There's something that happens where it's like God says, hey, you don't have to tell a parent, love your kids. It's just this God-given gracious thing to each parent to say like, yeah, every parent is designed by God to love their kids. And friends, your parents love you more than anyone else. Check this out. If you have a friend, right, your best friend, think of your best friend right now, okay? Eventually, if you keep annoying your best friend, or if you keep annoying your boyfriend or, uh, or your girlfriend or whatever it is, if you keep annoying your best friend, eventually there's going to come a point in time when they're like, I'm out. That's the saddest truth. Like, like if you keep annoying them, like, see ya. Because that's just, that's the thing. Like, friendships that, like, friendships are important. But what happens when you're annoying them constantly, constantly, constantly? Now, what about your parents? Man, you can annoy the mess out of your parents. There's giggles because it's like, I have no idea what that's like. But you could annoy the mess out of your parents. You'd never pick up your socks. You wear your shoes inside the house. You feed the dog the scraps from the table. You, you know, like all those things. And just after your parent repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly says, stop doing that. But you know what your parent's not going to do? Say, I'm so annoyed with you. Get out. Leave. I'm done. I'm, I'm taking a break. Get out. Your, your parents not typically going to do that because there's something given to them by God where your parents love you deeply, that your parents love you more than literally anyone else in the world. So why should you be open and be real and honest and, and, and talk to your parents about all the most important, intimate things about your life? Because they love you. No matter how messed up you may think your parents are, oh, they don't get it, they won't understand. Your parents love you. But it doesn't just stop there. It, it keeps going. And Jesus, he, he says this. He says, here is it. Um, yeah, in verse 10, so if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, what's Jesus saying? He's being like, yeah, your parents are not perfect. Friends, like, some of you have sadly kind of witnessed this in, in more sad ways than others, but we all know this. There is not a single person in here that's perfect. We've, we've all sinned, what the Bible says. We've all, like, messed up our lives. We've had messed up things happen in our lives, so, like, we are sinful people, and friends, sadly, like, some of you guys know this way too well. Some of you know what it's like to have really sinful parents. Some of you actually, like, your parent did get so annoyed with you that they left. And if that's your story, like, one, I am so sorry. Like, we'll talk a little bit more, like, as we get to know each other over the next couple of years of, of my story, but in a quick, condensed way, one of my parents left. They chose themselves over their kids, and so they left. So again, I'm not saying that everything is always perfect, but we all know, we all know 
that you're not perfect, your parents aren't perfect. So yes, your parents love you, but let me tell you this, like it finishes in verse 11, it says, so then how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those that ask him? The beautiful thing, and this is the most kindest thing that I could ever encourage you with, your parent or parents are not perfect, but God is. There's this beautiful thing where Jesus hops on the scene, he's preaching this beautiful message, and then he starts, he invites the people there, hey, you can call God the creator of the universe and you would be accurate. You can also now call him father, and that's also accurate. There's this invitation where it's like, hey, some of us know that our parents aren't perfect, but God is, and, and God loves you genuinely, unconditionally. And he didn't just say it in his word, he proved it, that even though that all of us are all messed up, we've all sinned, we've all rebelled, we've all, like if God made everything and he made it good and made it perfect, all of us are really good at doing what we want to do instead. The Bible will call this sin or, or rebellion. It's us doing what we want to do instead of what God wants us to do. And so that rebellion, that sin against God costs something. And so God proved how much he loves us that even when we were rebels and even when we were sinners, he sent Jesus, God in the flesh, to the earth. He lived the perfect life we could never live. And then he died on the cross as our payment so that, well, he, he died, he was buried, he resurrected. And so then now we have this invitation of saying, hey, like it says later in, in the Bible, hey, if you just trust that I am who I said I am, that I did what I said I did, that he, he died, was buried, resurrected for the forgiveness of our sins. If we trust that, we surrender our life to Jesus as Lord, as king of our life. We say, God, whatever you want with my life, here's, here's everything. My whole life is all yours. The Bible promises that we will be saved. So now because of what Jesus has done on the cross, now God, the creator of everything, becomes our heavenly father and we get all of the perks that come with it. We get the joy that nothing else in this world can provide. We get the heavenly father that we wish we had here on earth but we actually have it up there. Like, like God is perfect and no matter how great you think your parents are right now and as, as, as great as your parents genuinely are right now, God still is so much greater. So much greater. And all of that, all the joy, all of the perks of being part of his family all come when we trust Jesus, surrender our lives to him. And so as we close, there are three different responses. Every single person in here can fall in one of three camps. The first camp is you, you hear a message about this. You, you've never trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. God is not your heavenly father because you're not part of his family. Friends, if that is you, and, and you want what Jesus is offering, you want eternal life, you want to, the forgiveness of your sins, you want to have the God of the universe as your heavenly father, then your response through this is to then trust in Jesus and then follow him. If you have any questions about that, one, if your parents know and follow the Lord, talk to your parents about that. What does it mean to follow after Jesus? We're gonna break out in just a second into uh, small groups. We call it family time. 
where you can talk to your small group leader who, who's equipped and ready and eager to tell you about what that looks like. But if that is you, tonight can be the night where you trust in Jesus for everything, be part of his family. So that's one group. The second group of people are the people where you would say right now, you are a follower of Jesus. Yeah, you, you've been walking with the Lord. Like God is the king of your life. He saved you. He, you're part of his family and you are grateful for it. If that is you, there's two things I wanna encourage you with. The first thing is, is going back to what verse seven's about, is how, how does having God as our heavenly father impact how we pray? If God is literally the one who made us, if God's the one who's moving all the stars and painting every beautiful sunset we've ever seen, if he has that kind of power and yet loves giving his children good gifts, how should that impact how we pray? Prayer no longer is a chore. It's not a, a thing that we do before our meals just out of habit. It's this thing where we get to just go one-on-one -on, -one on God and be like, hey, you're amazing. Just like the conversation we've always, passed, some of us may have wished to have with our dad or, or the best conversation you ever could have with your mom or with your dad. Like you get to have that with the one that has all the power. But the second thing too is my, my challenge to you is what would it look like to be real with your parents? If you know that they love you more than anyone else in this world can, what would it look like to have maybe one step into more into a, a deeper relationship with your parent now that you know, if you didn't know already, they love you more than anyone else? Then there's a third group. Um, the third group of people would be people that you would definitely say, oh, yeah, yeah, I am not, like, in love with Jesus. Like, I, like, I believe that Jesus was real. I believe God's real, duh. Like, but I'm not, like, God, whatever you want in my life, it's all yours. Like, he, he's cool. Like, he's, a, he's a Wednesday thing. He's a Sunday morning thing. But after that, eh. He's not the king of your life. Friends, can I tell you that if that's your life, that reminds me a whole lot of my, like, you're literally, you're treating God like I treat Mr. Chungus. Hey, I'll see you on Wednesday night. I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll drive down the car. I'll give him the wave. I know you're real, you're, but you stay over there. You stay, you, hey, I'm gonna do my thing. Don't come in my house. Don't tell me what to do. I'm glad you're real and I'm glad you exist but over there. Friends, if that's you, the kindest thing that I could tell you is that if that's your relationship with God, it honestly doesn't sound like Jesus is your Lord. It doesn't sound like you have personally experienced how amazing God is. So then my challenge to you would be the same. Honestly, it could be the very same thing that I told the first person. Maybe you need to just start a relationship with Jesus. But I'm gonna add a different challenge. I'm gonna add something to that. My challenge to you would be this. Ask your parents. If they're, if they're a follower of Jesus, ask your parents why. If your parents are sold out to following Jesus, Ask them why. 
Why, why would they give up everything for the sake of following Jesus? I promise you, they'd love to know. They'd love to tell you. And if you, if you don't, if your parent maybe doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, ask your small group leader in like two minutes. Same thing. There is nothing that would bring them more joy than tell you about their Savior. So, if you don't know Jesus, I invite you to know him. If you do know Jesus, let's pray like he really is amazing and is our Heavenly Father. And let's be real with our parents. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And, and not just because of what you do and, or what you've done, but simply, God, like who you are. Like the invitation to call you our Father is insane in the most beautiful way possible. God, I just pray and I ask that if there's anyone in here that doesn't know you like that, that they, you would just stir in their hearts and you, you would open their eyes uh, to just be curious. You would show them how amazing you are and the invitation to them tonight to know you personally. And then I pray for uh, the other <laughs> group in the room that just loves you deeply. I pray that we would pray like it and I pray um, that our relationships with our parents would be something that would only point to how amazing you are as our Heavenly Father. We love you so much. And God, I just pray all of this and all of the responses and everything that happens would be for your glory, God, and for our joy and our family's good. In Jesus' name, amen.